Welcome to the International Teacher Podcast with your host, Greg, the single guy, and Matt, the family guy. We're recording episodes from around the globe to tell you about the best-kept secret in education. That's right, it's teaching overseas. We're glad to have you. Welcome back to ITP. We've had a little bit of a break over the summer of July, and we're coming to you live here from uh, a country we shall not name. And this is Kent, the cat guy. And, Hi. And Greg, the single guy. Thank you very much. We're not in, we're not in sync yet. But well, Kent I was just making sure he didn't get married or elope over the summer. No, I didn't. I didn't at all. I think Matt's still married. He's he's with his four kids back in uh, Wisconsin, fishing somewhere. I think so. So what did you do with your summer? Oh, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what we did over the summer and other past summer breaks, maybe a little bit, just to give you an idea of what it's like and to be an international teacher to go maybe go home or go somewhere else during the summertime, right? Because we all do different things, and we've talked about this a little bit before. So let's go ahead and get started with this and. You already asked me a question, Kent. You better ask me again. What did you do this summer? Funny you should ask. Well, you know, Kent, I already went home around May for for a wedding, so I didn't have to go. Why do we have to talk about me first? I don't, I don't want to talk first. I think you had an amazing summer. All right, I'll talk first. So international teachers, that's what we are, and we get a chance to either go home or go travel somewhere else. And this summer, I already went home in May, like I said, so I didn't feel or I didn't want to go home again for my repatriation, a repat, which is what we call it, right? You leave, and a lot of schools let you go back to your, your home. Uh, in the summertime, they fly you back, and they fly you back to school. So return ticket to your place of origin, right? Okay, right. so the table is set there. I take my money to go home, and I actually went somewhere else this summer. So just to make it clear for our, our, our listener, they give you money to return home, but you don't have to return home. You just got to go somewhere. It's funny you said listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can go somewhere. So as long as you leave for a certain amount of time, and this is our school now, it's not every school like That's this. Right. So using our school as an example, I, I decided to go travel somewhere close by. And since we're close to Dubai, right, Kent, we're close to Dubai. We're close to Dubai. And... I could fly anywhere from Dubai, which is amazing. So I jumped on Emirates, and I flew all the way to Indonesia. How long is that flight? Well, we went from uh, – I went from – it's about 45 minutes to Dubai, and then I sat around there for a while and drank beer and, you know, bought a new phone, stuff like that. In the Dubai airport, I sat there for hours. But it was a nine-and-a-half-hour trip from Dubai to Bali, Indonesia. And I think a lot of people have heard of Bali. It's one of those – you know, a place that people hear about. It sounds exotic and everything, and it really is. But what I did was for three weeks, I went diving on two separate liveaboard dive trips, which now, was fantastic. Do our listeners know about your passion for diving? I think they do. Well, I don't really talk about diving too much on here. Matt and I are both divers, and he's, you know, he only dives every once in a while, and I, I just, I have no responsibilities whatsoever, so I can dive whenever I want. I'm a water guy myself. As a matter of fact, I took a nap in the bathtub last night. Well, yeah, but did you wear your full scuba gear or not? You know, it comes and goes. All right, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about that on the air, Kent. You could <laughs> maybe you could write that down and share it with some share other with kind the therapist of audience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait a minute, this is the podcast, not my not my therapy session. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's my passion for diving. And I tell you what, Kent, they call it the Coral Triangle. It's from Philippines all the way to to uh, 
Papua New Guinea and Indonesia and a little bit of Malaysia, there's this area that's got so much biodiversity, which of course Kent means there's a lot of different wildlife underwater, especially there's a diverse population of many, many different fish. And it was super exciting. The first, actually, go ahead, Kent, ask me what kind of ship I was on first. What kind of ship were you on, Greg? Funny you should ask. It was like a pirate ship. I swear to God, it was like a 100-foot, double-masted, wooden vessel, which had no no sails up. They only put the sails up. (laughs) I found this out later. I'm like, put the sails up and sail for us. They're like, we only do that for pictures. (laughs) (laughs) So like if National Geographic shows up or they're trying to make a pamphlet or something, they'll put the sails up. And otherwise, you're just tooling around with this little motor and it's going through. And uh, I spent... Two weeks on uh, 12 days on that boat diving. And then I got off and uh, stayed overnight in Komodo, where the Komodo dragons are. I stayed there for uh, one night, cuddled up with a Komodo dragon. You know, they do look cuddly. They are cuddly, yeah. So we did a little prehistoric fun. And then the next day, I jumped onto another ship. It was like a big science vessel. So the first one was called the Tiare. And then the second was a 130 foot yacht which is specifically for diving called the Blue Mantis. So anybody that wants to find out more about that, you can always reach out to us on ITP at, you know, international teacher podcast at gmail.com. And give me some questions if you want. I mean, I don't need to go into too much detail because this is really about international teaching. It's not about my passion for diving, but that's what I did for three weeks, almost three full weeks in Indonesia. Well, you'd be surprised on how many of our, how many of our students are into diving. Students will come back from their summer break and they'll talk talk about their their dive trips and uh, you as a diver you have a lot to relate to the students that you teach with the teachers that you teach with so I think it is a big part of a teacher's life the things that they're passionate about. Well, there's one problem with that though, Kent. I'm still on I'm sort of on vacation even though we're back at work you know early before the students I still feel like I'm on summer vacation. Well, before uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my summer, and I want to hear just a few more things about yours. But that's the other thing that we want to talk about today is getting ready for the new year. We're still technically on break, but we're also one foot into the new year. So we should talk about that a little bit, too. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about students yet. I mean, I hate I hate kids right now. Still, it's the summertime. (laughs) I'm a teacher. I have the right to hate kids, except for choice ones like family, you know, friends, kids, things like that. I mean, sorry, kids, if you're listening, but I, I just can't. I can't like kids during the summertime. Can you? <laughs> uh, have I you ever taught kids. the summertime? No. Oh, yes, I have. I taught English in Yemen for a summer, and uh, I've taught, yes, I've taught a couple summers. I don't even want to teach a cat to shit in a box during the summertime. I mean, I swear to God, I don't want to teach anybody anything. Yeah, that's Am your I time, wrong? right? No, that's your recharge your batteries time, right? Right, that's my time away yeah, from school, not... away from our job, and I just I, I didn't want to see a kid for like you know weeks on end, and it's worked out pretty well so far. I think it's better for the kids too. It's better for them to have a teacher who's refreshed and happy to see them when they come back, as opposed to being with them all summer and being grumpy with them. Right, right. And what I do is I get on the first thing smoking and I go travel around somewhere close by. I mean, it doesn't matter where I teach around the world. I've always spent, I've spent a lot of summers away from home. I might go home for a little bit and visit and then tack on, like on the way back, I might stop in another country and do a dive trip or do some kind of traveling. But that's the way I do it, right? It's important to go back home and see family, especially as you get older, your parents get older, love mom and dad, love seeing the kids are growing up without me. And 
you sort of sacrifice a little bit of that, you know, being away. So going home and recharging the batteries, I do have to do that a little bit. And then I go traveling. So I try and do both. Yeah. Right. Uh, tell our listeners before we move on, tell our listeners, you're an experienced diver. What did you see this summer? The most amazing thing I saw all summer was these little cra- these little shrimps, and they were probably like two two inches long. One of them, and the female was like two inches long, and the male was tiny, like at about an inch an inch long or so, right next to it. And they were this flamboyant colors, and they're called the harlequin shrimp. Wow! And they're the kind of shrimp that you see in a fish book, a fish identification book, and you go, "Holy cow, that's an alien!" Right? There's no way. No way that's underwater. And the other thing, I, of course, I wanted to see, I wanted to see the hairy frogfish, which there is something called the hairy frogfish. They, I didn't see Uncle any. Larry went by the same name. <laughs> we all have an uncle called, uh, you know, and all, and hairy We all have an Uncle Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I saw was a mandarin fish. And I guess, you know, if you want to Google both of those things, the the harlequin shrimp and the mandarin fish. They're really amazing animals. They're creatures that are from, they're aliens, basically. And they, you wouldn't believe they're underwater. You don't normally see them on, you know, on any kind of a channel or any kind of underwater channel. They don't really feature them very much. But they're very odd, and there's a lot of biodiversity over there in the waters, and the Pacific Ocean and the Indian Ocean are coming together, so there's lots of currents and i could talk about it for hours kent i really could that's what i do during the summer i'm the kind of guy that gets up and goes travels put another you know stamp in the passport go somewhere and and everybody asks me this kent you know go ahead and ask me say did you go alone did you travel alone i did as a matter of fact funny you should ask that you know a lot of people say oh my god what do you mean you went traveling alone why don't you find someone to travel with and i said well you get there and you're on board with divers you're immediately friends because you have something in common so when I travel, I travel alone. But when I get to that destination, get onto a ship for 12 days or two weeks or something like that, you're immediately with other people doing the like, a uh, uh, like activity. So you're, you know, you might immediately make friends that show up later. So that's my answer. You know, I uh, saw some shrimp too this summer at Long John Silver's. So you must have gone home. Did you go home to Washington, Kent? I did, and I have you beat. I flew. I also flew out of Dubai. Uh, where I hung out at the Prosecco bar. So uh, if you find yourself in the Dubai airport, don't forget to check out the uh, the Bucha Prosecco bar, brand new, very nice. Uh, my flight to Seattle was 13 hours, 47 minutes. So I have you beat by a few hours. So did my summer in the Pacific Northwest, most beautiful weather of the year in June and July. And my wife and I did the things that we love to do. We went to a few of the minor league baseball games that we enjoy. You know, you sit down at your seats, you pull out the app, you put it in a hot dog and popcorn, and someone delivers them to your seats. I'm sorry, Amazing. wait a second. Did you say something? I mean, I, you you lost me at 13 and hours and 47 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wasn't actively listening. <laughs> I'm just joking with you, Ken. I'm still stumped at 13 hours and 47. Was that one flight? That was one straight flight, Dubai, Seattle, 13 hours, 47 minutes. Now, here's what I do. Now, listen, listeners, if you're the same way, email us and let us know. But I don't ever turn my TV screen on in front of me. 
I just watch everyone else's TV screen. I'll watch four movies at the same time. Is this a segue into into airline like <laughs> airline stuff? We'll talk more about the MLB and, and Washington, but right now we're talking. You're in the flight. I'm on the flight. You turn that thing off right away. I turn that screen off, but I watch everyone else's screen. And I'll watch. I've watched Bollywood. I'll watch uh, movies in Arabic. I'll watch all of the movies, and they'll be subtitled in English. So it's I don't need my headphones on. I'm just watching their screens. Uh, sometimes I even take the popcorn right from their uh, their dish while I watch them with them. So I uh, usually watch dozens of movies every flight. I could just see you on a flight making friends with everybody around you. They're like, can this guy just shut up? And you're <laughs> laughing at their screen. I could just You have no screen in front of you. It's all turned off, and you're laughing at somebody else's movie. I think that's hilarious. The other uh, thing that I did this summer when I was in the lovely Pacific Northwest is I went glamping. Did you notice that we went back from the airplane? Now we're jumping now back we're to Washington. Now we're back. Yes. So Washington, you you and Carla went. Your wife went back to Washington, That's a thirteen right. hour plus flight. Yep. You get back and you spent how much time there? First of all, uh, I spent about thirty seven days in the Pacific Northwest this summer. So you guys landed, you go and relax a little bit, and then you went to baseball baseball games. I can't the big blah blah baseball games, and then you went glamping. Went can glamping. You, and can you do tell our me listeners know it's glamorous camping? And, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest is the land of REI and outdoor stuff. And people take pride in being bare bones. And me, I show up to the woods. The, the tent is made. It's huge. It's got a double bed in it. It's got a, uh, a cabinet to store your clothes in. It's got a little kitchen set up. And we just, we just hung out in the Who woods. made your tent? I don't know. Some company we paid the money to. Uh, lean to. They were very nice. They build they build the tent, this huge tent. You could stand up in it. It's got a double bed in it. It's, it's like huge, a little house. It's lovely. And so we uh, camped, we glamped there for a few days, hiked around the lake, uh, and had a great time. So do these houses, these tents, do they have toilets in them? No, you still, well, it's a national park, or it's a state park. So you walk down to the bathroom. But I have to tell you, one uh, night, uh, one morning, I didn't feel like making the walk all the way down, and there I am in in most uh, most of my buff, and I'm uh, doing what I do behind the tree, and I look up, and there is a deer. Number one, right? I'm not doing number, number one, not number two. Doing number one right there, right there in the woods. No one's around us. We it's all do cool. that in the woods. Yeah. We all do that in the woods. This is what you do in the woods. And there in front of me, when I look up, yawning and coughing and sneezing and snorting and whatever else I do when I'm doing number one, there's a deer standing right in front of me, looking at me shocked. She's got two fawns, and she's backing up. She's backing those fawns up, and she's looking at don't me look, like, children, don't, don't look, it's a look. yeti, and it's relieving itself. <laughs> and she's looking at me going, sir, you do not do that in our woods. <laughs> so, uh, lovely. I had a great summer. We came back. We feel refreshed. I feel great. Here we are sitting together for what I think is our sixth year. I think it's our sixth year. Not and we're going this. away from the summer again. So, hey, Kent, yes, it's it's at least my sixth year, and yours, you're longer here, right? I have a question for you. When you go back home and you went glamping and you went to the baseball games and stuff, when you go back, and this is a good question for any international teacher, when you go back, do you have a place that you go and everybody comes to visit you, like all your friends and family come to you, or – the other side of it might be you go home and you end up traveling to see all your friends and all your family members. A lot of times we meet up in the middle, but this summer people came and saw us and we stuck mostly to ourselves this summer. 
mostly we did our things. And people will know if they listened to us last December, we threw another neighborhood block party where we invited Part all two. of our neighbors. Yes, we invited all our neighbors and we put together a nice spread of, of uh, beverages and food. And we got about the same number of people that we had last time, probably Four. about six. <laughs> we, have, we have 30, we have a, a townhouse uh, complex with 37 units. So you got to figure there's probably at least about 90 people in that area. And we got uh, six. Well, they're so, not all home at summertime. So you, you lucked summer, out with it's six. A little, it's a little quiet. It was very sleepy this summer, but we did. So we did throw a party and we like to let people know we're throwing a party and invite them into town if they're close by. And we just had a great time, a chance to get to know each other. I think it's great. Uh, people will have heard me talk about this before, but especially as an international teacher, if you have a place in the States, it's so much to your advantage if your neighbors know who you are, that you travel, uh, and to keep an eye on your place. So uh, as a kind of a thank you to that, we get to know them and throw a party. And that's what we did. So they, they come to you a little bit, and you travel a little bit, so you mix it up. That's like, right. Right? That's right. Okay, because I go home, and I, I'm the single guy, so I end up staying with a brother here, a brother there, and then traveling around the state, seeing different people that I've decided to commit uh, you know time to. My buddy Joe, he listens to this all the time. Joe lives back in Green Bay. And Hi, Joe. Every, yeah, and as soon as I land, Joe's like, okay, how much time do I have? Like, what percentage of your time do I get this break, Greg, right? And we spend a Joe and Greg time together, you know, and he's fighting every year to boost up his percentage. My other buddy, Matt, you know, I, I always see Matt and say hi and drop in on him. And sometimes it's just a dinner, but he's one of those friends I could just have dinner with and catch up on everything, right? And with today's, you know, technology, we can we can video, we can we can conference together all the time. So it's not as distant as it used to be back in the past. But a lot of my friends, I'm sure like your friends and family, my friends and family are used to having me gone. So when I show up, I usually try to stay for just a little bit of time and spend that quality short time with them. And, you know, I, I'll go see my buddy Mike. I'll have dinner with Pat and his family. I'll spend more time with my family and do with my friends usually. Uh, my mother, bless her soul, I've been teaching overseas for more than a decade now. And at the end of every summer, I tell my mom, well, it's been great uh, being here in the States. I'll see you next time I, I get back. And she's like, whoa, are you going somewhere? I mean, she's not senile. She's not losing her mind. She just honestly looks at me. And she says, well, where are you going? I'm going back to my job is where I'm going. <laughs> Have you told your mom that you work overseas yet? Oh, my Kent? gosh. I mean, she... does she think you work for the CIA <laughs> in an office in Seattle? Every, every year at the end of the summer, she's like, oh, are you going back? I'm like, yes, I'd like to have a job. So she's so she's amazed that they keep you, they let you come back. That's right. That's right. So every year, and then every year I get back, she's like, oh, are you back already? Well, that's great that you see mom all the time. When, when Do you tell mom when you come home? Are you going to, you let her know ahead of time? Well, listen, she now lives in California. She used to live up in the Pacific Northwest, right near uh, where I live. But now she's moved down to California. She lives on a farm. Uh, full of old people, and uh, she doesn't really like to go out of her way now because she's on an old person's farm. I can't get this out of my head. There's a, there's a farm <laughs> in California that that doesn't have cows or chickens, right? There. It just has a bunch of old people walking around people. in the field. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Do they produce anything at this farm? I mean, they just produce more old people, they or do. what? They just produce old people who rock babies, and I don't know what else they do, but they just. Have a great time, and they so rock she's, babies. That's I what think they that's do. That's what they do at the old at the old person's farm. They rock babies. I've never heard of an old person's <laughs> farm. 
This is fascinating. I, uh, yeah. And so she's like, every time I call her when I'm back uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, she's like, after about five minutes, she's like, well, it's been nice talking to you. I hope you have a nice uh, vacation. Maybe we'll see you next summer. I'm like, I just got back. <laughs> what age do I have to be to get onto this farm? I mean, I I, I mean are they going to put me on it pretty soon? I think you're just about eligible for this farm. <laughs> An old person farm. I've never heard of this. California is really ahead of the curve. It is very progressive down in California. They think of everything, and she's very happy down at the old person farm. So, Does some... the farmer take care of the, the old people on the farm? T- tends very nice. Yes, there's sowing, there's reaping, there's tending, they're watered. They're fed. It's very nice. By what? Migrant workers or something? I mean, (laughs) how do they? Seriously, it's like over the farmer says, over here, we've got our orange crop. And over here, we've got our old people field. And and over here, you know, it's I'm getting dangerously close to being way too to making too much fun of old people because I'm one of them, actually, you know. I'll, but, uh, I'll have her send you pictures, maybe a brochure. I don't know if I want to see pictures of an old person farm. I mean, are they clothed? <laughs> do they I don't pee know what on they do trees? After hours. I mean, at farms, I pee on trees. Do they pee on trees at this farm? Is there a bunch of old people peeing well, on the trees? Well, if you and I were there, yes, there would be peeing on trees. All right, all right. Let's take a moment break for a little contact information. We'll be back in five seconds. If you want to give us a little shout out and reach out, you can find us on Gmail at internationalteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, complaints can be addressed to Greg, the single guy. And we are also on uh, Instagram, ITPexpats. You can find us What a, this conversation has gone way strange, uh, but you know. <laughs> You never know when you have you make new friends overseas and everyone comes from different states usually and if they're from the states, uh, Canadians and all different countries. We all go back to our, our home country at some point and you never know what kind of conversation you're going to have, right? You never know. It's your turn to ask me a question. Can I tell you the question? You thankfully no, I was you gonna usually ask you tell another, me. The I was going to ask you another old person farm oh, question. Yes, please do. Yes, right. we can stay on the old person farm. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by this. I mean, like, how many old people are on this farm? Uh, I think there's three or four now. Do they get their own stalls, or do they have to have like like they all put them all in one big barn? Well, it's California, so they got these large stalls with a view. Oh wow! So they're like little apartments or something. <laughs> That's exactly right. I get it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So here's another serious. Let's get some serious questions here. Um, when you go back to the States, yes. and we always I loved asking international teachers this because when you go back to your home and it could be anywhere. Right. But when I ask a teacher and I'll ask you now, what do you bring back normally? What are some of the comfort things that you bring back that you normally can't get in just where you live now? How about my wife? Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some of the things that I brought back this year, I was pretty low key about it, but I brought two things back. I brought um, my new, I brought a new flute back with me, and I brought a MIDI controller uh, for the computer. I bought three new pairs of glasses while I was in the states, and a bunch of glasses wipes to clean them. And I think that's oh, I bought three pairs of pants. They're stretchy pants. Look. Look, look at these pants. Yes, look No, don't do it, Ken. Look at these pants. They're the best. I went into yeah, Macy's. guys wear stretchy pants Oh, now. my gosh. They're so awesome. I can't imagine life without these stretchy pants anymore. 
and they don't have stretchy pants here. And I tell you what, if you live in Europe and you try and buy buy clothes and you're a little bit bigger, like an American forget size, about it. size or Greg size, forget about it. Forget, forget it. about it. Forget I bought about it. I bought American stretchy pants. These things could fit a family of four. Well, there's always going to be some things as a teacher that you're not going to be able to find in that country. And I remember when Matt and Stacy lived in, in Venezuela with me, I would always bring back technology because we were usually ahead on technology and it was cheaper and less taxes and stuff like that. So I'd try and get as much in as possible. And Matt and Stacy would be loading up suitcases with granola bars and special cereals that they couldn't mm-hmm. find down there. And of yep. course, we had at the time we had toilet paper, you know, things like that that were important. They didn't have in Venezuela, but it's it, everyone has their thing that they they usually stock up on. Uh, for me, it's uh, clothes because uh, my feet are a little bit wider. Wide shoes are very difficult to find overseas. Uh, comfortable clothes. And any hobby things that I like to do, I don't generally bring any foods back, uh, and I don't generally bring a lot of stuff. I travel as light as I can, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to have my pants. And uh, and you know, and here's a good point too, Kent, because we do have people, and I always go back to the listeners that maybe haven't been overseas yet. Yep. is you cannot know what you're going to start bringing back until you've actually spent time in the country. You can't just so, plan to bring everything. Right. You can't bring everything with you. Go light. And then once you've spent a year in that country, you're going to know exactly what you need to start stocking up on next time you maybe go back and, and mule back with you to the country. That's right. right. The only way to really do that your first time out, if you're heading out of the gates, the first time out of your home country to go overseas teaching is through communication with any of the teachers that work there at that school now or at the present time and before you're leaving. And that's still going to be hit or miss. You may mm-hmm. or may not need what they need. It's very personal. So it's a very good conversation. I'm glad we're talking about this because it hits new teachers. Yep. And it's interesting for people that don't live overseas that are listening to our podcast. And, of course, your mom's listening to this saying, wow, he put me on an old person farm, right? Old person's farm, Yes. She's one of our two listeners, my mom and I think your mom, even though she might have dropped us in lieu of some other show. Yeah, she might have. No, my mom still <laughs> listens to this, of course. She she remembers, and she'll tell you the story about when Matt and Stacy and I showed up at their apartment or their condo in Florida. So Matt and Stacy know your parents? Yeah, they, they, they came one summer from Venezuela. We went home, and Matt, I'm sure, will love to hear this story and think about it again, but... We went and shopped at Walmart and Target and all this stuff. We had suitcases full of stuff, basically, that we were filling up new suitcases. And Matt and Stacy and I were doing this at my parents' apartment, at condo. And the reason doing this is because when you bring things overseas, you want to take all the tags off of stuff. You don't want to pay new taxes on new things that you bought and brought into the country. So we're taking cereal out of box and you put them in Ziploc bags and you're taking all the tags off your new clothes and roughing them up a little bit. You're taking apart new technology and splitting it between a couple of suitcases, locking everything up. So there's tons of throwaways, you know, the packaging from all these things. So my parents were watching this happen and they're like, what is going on here? And then Stacy and I are like, this is normal. You know, we, you just haven't seen us do this before, but you know, that was one of those countries where there's just nothing. There was nothing there. We brought everything with us because it was so expensive or could not find it there. And where we live now, you know, here, we usually go back. And I think they go back and get a lot of clothes for their boys because their boys are growing up. So they get mm-hmm. they load up on, on boys' toys. Yep. They load up on Christmas presents and stuff like that that they, can, they don't have to order. But, you know, 
there's there's lots of things that they buy that they bring back with them when they go over when they go back home, and we'd let Matt of course chime in on that one, but uh, he's he certainly remember that story of opening and you know opening up all the stuff at my parents' um, condo and putting it all in suitcases before we headed back overseas, and uh, that's a normal that's a normal thing for international teaching. Go back, load up, bring back something fresh and new for the year. Uh, ask me how I prepare for the new year. Oh, hey, how do you prepare? <laughs> I can't talk. How do you prepare for the new school year? Honestly, everything we've been talking about is how you prepare for the new year. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Every time you come back, every time you start a school year here where we teach now, there's going to be plans from our school. There's going to be initiatives. There's going to be things to do. This year, we're having a big push on technology where everyone reads books and participates in it. Last year, we had some stuff about inclusion and belonging where we read books. And so every year, at least in my experience, a school will have new initiatives that they want you to, to jump into. And the very best thing you can do, the very best thing you can do to have a great year is just come back refreshed with a great attitude. And early. Come back early. Right. Don't people come fly back in the last eight minute. hours before the students roll in. <laughs> Your flight lands at like 7 a.m. and you've been flying for 14 hours and all of a sudden there's an 8 o'clock meeting that all day. All of a sudden oh, you're I've meeting done it. all the new admin and two new teachers and you just got up after two hours of sleep. <laughs> and you're drinking gallons of coffee. <laughs> but uh, I think you're right. You know, you can't choose. Really, I've been in this business for a long time now and you can't choose what your school wants you to do all the time. You can't choose the new initiatives, but you can choose your attitude. You can choose the way you look at them. And I think if you want to have a great year, go into it just looking forward to it, having a positive attitude. And I'm not talking about being Pollyanna. I'm not talking about walking around with what they, last year they started calling positive toxicity or whatever that word is. But I'm talking about just an open mind that says, you know what, we're going to have the best year we possibly can. And I've done this for a long time. I'm not, this is not my first year doing this. But your attitude will set the pace. Your attitude coming out of summer and into the new school year will set the pace for the whole year. That reminds me of like the first year that I went overseas, and this is, I don't know, this is pretty universal for schools. The first summer that you land at a school, and let's say it might be your second, third, fourth school, might be your first year overseas at a school, you land and you do an orientation, which we've talked about before. Yep. But I remember that I was there earlier than all the other teachers. Now, as experienced teachers were coming back, seasoned teachers coming back to the school, and they start filtering in after all the new teachers arrive. That's right. I personally, as a, as a seasoned teacher, love to be here before they arrive, right? To see, to meet them a little bit before the students are there, before the rest of the staff. I like to be there early. So I guess one of the ways I prepare for the next year is I usually cushion my travel by staying a little bit later than like not taking the first flight out after the school gets out. I'll take a week in rest and then I'll get back early, like about the first week before a week before the new students, the new teachers arrive. And if they can, if they allow you to help out with the new staff, that's fine. Otherwise there's staff orientation stuff and things like that. And I just, that's one of the ways I prepare for the new year is I need a little time to myself before all this stuff starts. And you know, come down from the travel. I've been so happy about diving for so long. It's out of my system almost. You know, you know get your head right, you know. 
trying to get your head in the game. Ask me what else I've done. Ask me that. There's one more thing I've been doing this year to prepare for the school year. Wait, Ask let me, me think about some questions. Um, hey, what what else have you been doing to prepare for the school year? You know what? Funny you should ask that. This year, uh, I've been working on some coding. I've been working on my tech skills a little bit. So I don't want our listeners to think that I'm just the kind of guy who surfs the wave and doesn't ever try to improve myself as a teacher. I think you listeners are starting to get to know me a little bit. And uh, I do like to have fun. I do like to make fun of myself and others. But I also like to learn. I like to learn, which is why I belong in this school. Uh, but this year I've been working on coding. Python and LaTeX. And, uh, you know, our students do it in the computer lab. And so I thought I would take a little bit of time to refresh my skills a little bit. So when you were at the old people farm, did you do a little coding and like help out the farmer with the, you know, code some new methods for the teacher, for the old people there? So I'm going to let you in on a little secret on who owns this farm. It actually is my little brother who owns this farm. And he is a, uh, he's a muckety muck over in the uh, Silicon Valley area and he can afford a farm and old people. I don't even know if he knows the old people. I think he just bought them and brought them in. I'm not sure. They might be imported. He has an but, endless uh, supply. He is. He is a computer science guy, and so he's been decades ahead of me in this area, but I most recently have gotten interested in it. So, so he got you into coding, too? I don't think it was him who got me into coding, but I think uh, maybe it's maybe it runs in the family a little bit. My dad was into computers. He was a physicist. Uh, my little brother is into computers, and so I thought, you know what? Maybe these things are, maybe these things are going somewhere. I'm at a loss for words. I'm going to sit here. Think, I mean, all these things we've been talking about on this podcast, like here and there, all over the place. I think we're a little off key. You know, we haven't really been done doing this for a while. Oh, no, but you asked what I'm doing to prepare for the year. And I am, with my days here in the building, before the students come back and before we jump into the new all-school projects and initiatives, uh, I've been working on my coding. I sit at the computer. I drink my coffee and I take my notes and I watch videos and uh, trying to teach myself some new tricks. I guess that's the point, too, is that you get back early and you have a little time to yourself in your classroom. If you're new to the school, you can build up your classroom. If you're coming back, get things in order before the the rush hits you, because those first couple of weeks of school anywhere in the world are going to be, you know, they're they're you nonstop. They're right? a whirlwind. They're a whirlwind. Get your, you know, use your time before you officially check in to get your head uh, together, to clear your head, clear your brain, pick your, choose your attitude. That's what they taught me at one of my international schools is that you can't choose the, the students, you can't choose the parents, you can't choose the projects, but you can choose your attitude. And uh, that's what I, what, I, what I remember. You're all about attitude, aren't you? I am. I'm about positivity, but I, hopefully it's not, like I said, Pollyanna and over the top. I like to have fun. And I'll be honest with you, if you walk around being frustrated and angry and upset about all the work that they set out for you at the beginning of the year, it's hard to have fun. It's hard to laugh at the jokes when they come up. Uh, so this is my advice. Whether you're a grizzly veteran or a new teacher, laugh at the jokes. Well, let me uh, piggyback on that. So you relax a little bit. You've learned some new things, and you worked a little bit this summer on coding. And I was uh, putting a little bit more into I'm still stuck on this podcasting. I, I still love it. I've been trying to get more and more listeners out there to to communicate with us, to reach out to us, and become you know become interviewees with us. I'd like to have some more guests on this show because when I don't talk to you or Matt, I usually invite guests and meet with them. 
and hopefully they're going to reach out. And I tell you what, our listeners, if you have friends that are overseas in other positions, please have them reach out to us on email. You know, it's it's the International Teacher Podcast at gmail.com. You can meet us out on Twitter feeds. It's at ITPexpats. And you can reach us on Instagram at ITPexpats. Share some pictures if you want, a place that you've been. And give us, reach out to us, and we'll set up an interview. It's really a lot of fun. You can tell from past interviews that they do enjoy talking to us. They do enjoy, enjoy lit, sharing where they're from, what they're doing. You know, I can't wait. I did one this uh, past, uh, the last episode was with Rose. You know, I listen to every episode, even the ones that, even the ones that I'm on. I listened to every episode, and I really enjoyed Rose's episode. You're our number one listener. Anyway, uh, I might Rose's be the episode, only listener. Yeah, that's true. And my mom. And the, Rose, Rose uh, dialed in with us, and she had a great time. I can't wait to get her back on the show. And we're going to let her teach for a while in a new school. Uh, and follow and up and how that move We're going to follow up. And I'm just hoping that we can get more people from other countries, too. And I should probably list them on Facebook or something because I don't know. I don't think we're on Facebook either as an ITP. But, um, we have 95 different countries, Kent. There's 95 countries that are represented by somebody has listened to us from that country, as far as I can tell from Anchor. And hopefully we're going to have more people reach out to us. And it's not easy for us to get to them except for word of mouth and we're on social media. But I'm hoping that more, they, you know, the word spreads out there because we have, I think we have 7,500 downloads now, 7, at least downloads. close to it. And we're on our 32nd episode, and we have a lot of fun. And it really adds a lot. People are learning from us. We have people, some people emailing us, asking us questions. Not enough, though, even to mention on the show. They're just here and there. And we're hoping that some more people will start dialing in, emailing us, communicating, reach out to us, and, you know, reading my book too, right, Kent? Finding the Right Fit, www.amazon.com. Tell <laughs> us, uh, how is Finding the Right Fit done? I've heard that you've had... A little spurt of sales this last couple of months. Well, yeah, it's only been out for a couple of months, but I don't even know how many I've sold. But there, there's, there's readers out there, and I'm, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna grow a little bit as the recruiting season starts up. Hopefully this year, um, I'm hopefully gonna go at least to one recruiting fair this year, not necessarily just to look for a job, but to do a little bit of uh, uh, outreach and meet, you know, share some knowledge and maybe promote the book too. But we'll see what happens, man. It's it's tough. I'm not out to make money on it. I'm out just to share like this podcast. We're out to share ideas and get more people into this because we want more new teachers as well as more, you know, hot single women at this school. But um, that's just me thinking I'll give out you loud. the address to the old person's farm if you're looking. <laughs> uh, the running joke of the my, day. Uh, my mom is single. <laughs> no thank you Kent. no <laughs> offense but i need to find someone maybe a little bit more oh, half my age. i don't know what was your mom's email again <laughs> <laughs> oh man no we can't do that oh boy i'll um, tell you what so what else can we talk about oh wait you know what i forgot to mention i do need to reach out a little bit and shout out for some of the other uh, podcasts that are out there I've had the opportunity, Kent, to be on some other podcasts, and one of those, fancy enough, happened during the break between the two ships I was on in Indonesia. And I stayed overnight in a hotel, and the next morning in California time, which is 13 hours different than, than Indonesia, I woke up at like 6 o'clock in the morning, 
jumped online and did an interview about international teaching, just a basic like introduction to it, with the three women from Real Teaching 101. And that's a podcast for new teachers that's hosted by three women that are, are all teaching at the time. They're, they're teachers now. And I think two of them are in California, and one of them is out the Midwest. So a good shout-out to Megan, Lindsay, and Lauren. I had so much fun you know, interviewing with them for like 45 minutes talking about what we do for a living and sharing it on their podcast for new teachers that are out there because they don't know about it. You know, how many people actually it's a best kept secret in, in education, isn't it? Would you let our listeners know when that drops? We would like to listen to you. I don't know when it drops. I mean, as soon as it goes on the air, I'll, I'll have to, uh, you know, shout out and of course say thank you. But I have an update from also one of your other podcasts that you guested on. Uh, crying in my car. Do you remember that one? Ah, I love that. Did you show. see who they followed your interview up with a couple weeks later? No, I didn't. The Education Secretary of the United States was on that podcast just shortly after your appearance. Well, it's tough to really follow in my footsteps, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Be- Did he really get? He yes. really got the Secretary of Education. Yes, he really got uh, Biden's. Uh, I forget his name now. I have to look it up. But he got Biden's uh, Secretary of Education on the air. That's right. This pod, that podcast, Crying in My Car, it's it's fantastic. I think he used to be a teacher, and he moved down to Orlando or something like that in Florida and just does, does full-time podcasting, and he's also a comedian. And uh, just check it out. It's so much fun, Crying in My Car, because every teacher really has spent a lunchtime crying in their car or crying on their moped or on their might st- do that after this interview or crying underneath their desk you know right I, i'm definitely gonna cry after this interview <laughs> <laughs> uh, tears of joy <laughs> but no that's a great podcast i mean that one and real teaching 101 a couple other different ones that i've been on and i don't mm-hmm. have the list in front of me it's it's a passion just to talk about education like we do and to spread the word. So hopefully more word will get out. We'll get more listeners from all different countries. And I, I don't, that's just what I want to do. I want to reach out and share more. So besides, thank you to all of our listeners so far. I mean, that's 7,500 downloads is pretty good, right? That's a lot of downloads from your mother. <laughs> yeah, she's about 7,000 and probably the other 500. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank the listeners as well. And I want to thank you. You've put together this great podcast and i'm so glad that you're getting out there on other podcasts it's not and, about um, me it's about us it's about matt's ideas oh, it's and a his team humor. that's it's not right the same but without matt though right it is not the same without matt and uh, we'll get him back i think he's busy packing those granola bars right now that's right he is or he's still <laughs> golfing i'm not sure <laughs> what else should we talk about here can't we've got a little bit of time left uh we well, talked about, talked about your book. We talked about summer. We talked about the year coming up. Well, tell our listeners what do you come? What do you got coming up this year? You know, you've done this job for a long time, but every year you kind of think of one or two things that's going to be your mark for the year. What do you think about you for this year? Well, before I talk about that, I I can answer that in a few words. But you you're the kind of teacher that keeps doing the same thing every year, right? You know, you don't tra- you don't transfer into different grade levels. You stay in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And that's a, there's some some teachers do that. Uh, other teachers go school to school like every two years or three years throughout their career and get a different gig every time. Um, and I've bounced back and forth with tech and with homeroom um, different schools. And I'm stuck in a in a like a rut right now with not a rut, but I mean I'm in a 
I guess I'm in a trajectory of mainly technology. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a big focus on tech this year and helping out the staff and getting the, the infrastructure done, I think, rather than just teaching. And we did a lot. I did a lot of teaching last year, makerspace. And from what I understand, I'm going to do a little bit less teaching this year and, and hand the reins over to a few teachers to do that while I try and work on the infrastructure and get that going. Just get it in a little bit different trajectory, right? That's fantastic. Maybe you can tell me why my computer won't turn on. Right. Well, we just have to push that power button in and we'll get going, okay? What's this power button you speak of? You, you need to call IT for that. <laughs> Is that your job? You point people to IT. <laughs> and that's a great point. You know, that's a great point, by the way, is is if you're going, if you're if you're looking for something new, look into international teaching because we don't always we don't always do the same job. I mean, you don't always teach the same grade level. It depends on what jobs are open. And the schools have different openings at different times. They're very fluctuating. And I think it happens around the world. There's a lot of things opening up now with COVID gone and not gone, but I mean, COVID's a little quieter. Yep. Countries are open, yep. except for China. I don't know what's going on over there still. There's losing a lot of teachers, but those teachers are going out into the world. Into the and, world to other places, that's right. right. Well, I will say this, that um, uh, the international teaching world, for better or worse, offers a lot of different opportunities. And there'll be times when they flat out ask you to do something different that's not in your wheelhouse because maybe a teacher didn't show up or someone left at the last minute. And some teachers, they are not interested in changing what they've done or what they're doing or what they had their heart set on. And other teachers don't mind making those changes. I mean, I remember my time in Yemen where you know, I'm teaching middle schoolers and then they need someone to teach high school and they need someone to teach the drama and they need someone to write the yearbook. Uh, three things that I've never done. I took it on and uh, did fifty uh, percent of the work quite well. Well, <laughs> that was fifty percent of your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that yearbook will be printed any year now. <laughs> so, sometime it'll be printed. We're just not sure when. They probably lost the it. The class of '95 will be very excited when it comes out. <laughs> wow! Wow! I love it. Well, anything else you want to leave us with? This has been great. Like uh, Greg says, we're we're just getting back into it. I mean, we've been sitting at baseball games and diving underwater, so we're just getting back into this podcasting thing ourselves. What do you want to leave our listeners with? I just want to say thank you for listening, and we're going to keep up this uh, bi-weekly. You know, we'll keep going every two weeks or so. If not a little bit more, we're going to try. But it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad you're back, Kent, and uh, we'll glad wait for back. Matt to show up with us, and we'll get another episode going for everybody. Once again, I guess our message this time is just a final give us give us some more to talk about and some more topics you're interested in. If you're listening to us, reach out and that way we can make this a better show. Do we need a snappy we need a snappy ending motto like and for now school is closed. Just or, a second. <laughs> bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> or how about and the bell rings? I don't know. We need a snappy ending. Listeners, if you have any ideas, let us know. But until then, you're dismissed. I don't I don't want to use any endings like that. I just want to say thank you for listening and, and don't listen don't listen to Kent anymore. I mean seriously, this might be your last episode. And until Kent. next time, school is out. <laughs> All right. I think we're about ready to end. Oh, this by one. the way, was I supposed to push play on this thing? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, and I'm uh Kent the 
Cat Guy, and he's Greg, the single guy, and we'll see you next time.